the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is the Bob France Authority. Good morning. Thank you. As we get rolling this hour, it is a Wednesday, the 26th morning of the sixth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. We're going to pivot away from homeland security by way of uh, our southern border and talk about the rest of our national security issues as it pertains to Middle Eastern terrorism and Middle Eastern threats. Yes, of course, we know what's happening with Iran. They shut down an American drone last week, which led CENTCOM to order a strike. A military precision strike in retaliation, uh, and it was ordered by uh, CENTCOM and the Pentagon, and of course the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief, said, nope, let's stop that, let's not do it. If 100 people, 150 people are going to die, that's disproportionate to an unmanned drone being put down. So he indicated we are going to be lenient here with the Iranians, and also said, according to multiple reports, we don't need to be in any more wars. That drew a lot of criticism from a lot of people, myself included, just because I don't think we should be announcing our intentions to either go into war or not go into war publicly. It's almost Obama-esque to do such a thing. Then the president signed sanctions, sweeping new sanctions against the Iranian government, and that, of course, uh, led the Iranians to criticizing the president, declaring, number one, that this uh, these new sanctions uh, end any chance that we ever had of uh, diplomacy between uh, the two countries, and number two, the President of the United States is mentally retarded. Those literally were their words, which led to this response by the President. Quote, Iran's very ignorant and insulting statement put out today only shows that they do not understand reality. Any attack by Iran on anything American will be met with great and overwhelming force. In some areas, overwhelming will mean obliteration. No more John Kerry and Obama. End quote. 
Wow. You talk about a pivot in a short period of time. That's what the president did. What does that mean? Joining, joining us now for analysis is my friend Ryan Moore. Ryan is a national security analyst for the Clarion Project. He is also the chairman of the Clarion Intelligence Network. Ryan, good to have you back on the program, my friend. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on. I laid it out the best I could, and I want to get your response to it. The president went from, no, this is a disproportionate response to a drone attack, to, to an attack on our drone, to uh, drop a bomb that might kill 150 people, to then saying, once he had his, uh, you know, his, his uh, character uh, assaulted or his intelligence attacked by being called mentally retarded, said, okay, uh, obliteration is coming next if you do anything to anything American. So this is quite a, quite a pivot from the president here. Um, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't help but notice the disparity in that, uh, where they shoot down our drone uh, that the U.S. military says was not in Iranian airspace when it was shot down, and that during that entire flight was not in Iranian airspace, because originally I had suspected, I mean, it's a spy drone, so I assumed that it had done spying and gone into Iranian airspace at some point, but the Pentagon says that that did not happen, and uh, the reaction from the United States publicly was very negative, and Trump was debating an airstrike. And then the Iranian regime says uh, that he is mentally retarded, and then he's triggered and blows a gasket publicly and starts talking about obliterating them. Um, and <laughs> that, that disparity is, uh, it, it, it's quite remarkable. That being said, mm-hmm. um, I actually agreed with the president on not striking back in retaliation for the shooting down of the drone. And I came to that conclusion with some difficulty uh, before he actually, like, we all thought that he was going to strike that night. Um, And that was the word that we were all hearing from our sources, uh, was was that it was going to happen. um, And several people I know were getting ready to do media. Um, but I, I came down to the decision that it wasn't a great idea. And the reason I came to that decision was because I thought about what would be the objective of that strike that we now know would have included three targets. It wouldn't be to get the drone back. The drone is lost. It's not to get the $200 million you spent, you spent on it back because we're not demanding that. It would be deterrence. And with the risk of escalation, the likelihood of Iranian civilian casualties, which means you know, children not having a leg for the rest of their lives. Um, it ultimately just didn't seem worth it when it came down to it, even though I have that impulse to say punch them back. Um, so for so the way to measure this is say, did we successfully achieve deterrence? And, and I think the answer is yes, because the Iranians understand how close we came to a limited military strike and Trump said in kind of an off-the-cuff manner, look, they shot down a drone, you know, once, and if it happens again, we'll strike. And if it included Americans on there, including, like, American forces, it'd be a whole different story. So I think the message was conveyed to the Iranians, you better never do it again. We're serious about military action. And by the way, if you kill our soldiers in Iraq, Afghanistan, or elsewhere then you're definitely going to get bombed. So I I think that the message was received. Ryan Morrow is our guest, director of the Clarion Intelligence Network and uh, Shulman Fellow for the Clarion Project. Um, 
I'm a, I'm on a fence here, Ryan, about that. Um, I felt like we needed to punch back. Um, I don't like the idea of, as you said, of killing military, or excuse me, killing civilians, or as you said, ending up with, you know, Iranian children who aren't to blame here, you know, losing legs and so on and so forth. But I would imagine we have the capability of precision strikes on Iranian military targets, right? Iranian military targets, Iranian nuclear targets, or something of that nature, where, you know, the, the chances of collateral damage are minimized to next to nothing um at least that's my hope here i I, again i go back to when we dropped the moab on on isis in in afghanistan and uh, guess what i mean to my knowledge there wasn't a massive if any uh uh you know uh damage done to innocent civilians in that area so i felt like we should have punched back and we could have done so with a precision strike just to let them know you took down our drone not acceptable that is a sign of aggression that we will respond to with aggression um but your point is well taken. It's okay if we chose not to do that and chose economic sanctions instead. But what I didn't like was the president's declaration that we don't need to be in any more wars. That, to me, Ryan, and with your experience, yeah. speak to that. That that's 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 a signal. That's a, that's a talk about emboldening your enemy. The best way to get a hostile nation to attack you is to tell everybody we don't want to be at war with anybody. So we're not going to do anything in response. And it also denies the fact that we. Uh, technically, we're already at war with the Iranian regime I mean, ever since 1979. If you're right. chanting death to America and your constitution says you're committed to the downfall of all anti-Islamic governments, and then you publicly identify the United States as anti-Islamic, and you say that your proxies should be targeting U.S. military forces in the area, as the Iranian regime has been saying, I mean, it, those are all declarations of war. A declaration of jihad is the Islamic way of declaring war. Um, and so to deny that is almost like saying if, if when Hitler declared war on America, he said it in German. He didn't say it in English. And it would, it would be almost like us saying, well, he didn't declare war saying the word war in English, so it's somehow different. It's not. It, it's a declaration of war. Um, but, yes, I, I would say that Trump's erratic comments really deplete a, a lot of the good that come with the deterrence that I described. There's a lot of positivity that comes from almost striking. And I think on the world stage, it also just we're in a little bit of a better position diplomatically right now uh, than if we did strike. And there are precision strikes. And I've seen the results of those when I was like in Iraq. I mean, it's amazing where you can see just like a specific room of a building destroyed and the rest of the, the, rest of the building stands. But civilians still end up getting killed in many of those circumstances. Uh, I'm assuming when the military told Trump that there'd be 150 Iranian casualties, uh, there was one interview where he seemed to indicate that they're civilians, but then in other interviews he just said Iranian. Um, so my assumption is that referred to civilians, but it may, but maybe it doesn't. Um, but yes, it, the way he goes back and forth where on the one hand, he'll say, I'm going to obliterate the Iranian regime. But then he goes back to, we don't need any more wars. And he said the other day, I deeply disagree with John Bolton. John Bolton wants war. It sounds like he's getting ready to fire John Bolton, probably because Tucker doesn't like him. Um, and it's, I can't help but interpret that to mean that I think all of that's genuine. I think that all of those statements aren't a deception or part of a plan. That's just who Trump is. He's kind of all over the place. And so for the Iranian Some say regime, that's strategic, Ryan. Some say that's strategic. Um and and say, you know what? He's keeping them guessing. He's saying, look, we don't want war. 
then saying, we will obliterate you. He, the, in other words, if they have no idea what he's going to do, it's going to make them think twice because they just don't know what they're getting themselves into. And, 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 and I guess there could be something to that. And my question, though, is, is his response to Iran's aggression here, not only the shooting down of the drone, but their verbal ag- aggression after that, uh, and, and they're continuing to expand beyond what the, um, uh, what the uh, uh, limit that was set internationally in that ridiculous deal that the U.S. pulled out of it that other countries are still in by enriching more uranium. I have to think that North Korea is watching this. I have to think that Russia is watching this. I have to think that other nations that, are, that have shown hostility to the United States, they're watching to see what we do in response to Iran's aggression because they're going to take their cues from that right so you have to respond there would be strategic sense behind being unpredictable if it was within the framework of i'm going to respond but you have no idea how far i'm going to go you don't know when i'm going to do it you don't know how i'm going to do it maybe i'll go too far you don't really know that makes sense where it becomes erratic with trump is that you don't know where he stands on what he's willing to tolerate and that and that's what's unsettling because that what that means is is from the perspective of our of our adversaries like the Iranian regime, then they would interpret that to mean okay, right now Trump is in the mood where he's not willing to take anything. Maybe we can get away with it. All right, and then you know maybe the next day he will be willing to, depending on on how things are going. That's the wrong type of unpredictability. I think the best example of this to really highlight what I'm talking about. Uh, would be this little notice statement that Trump made some months ago. I actually sent it to your phone because I was ready to lose my mind, where it looked, I I guess it looked like there was maybe some progress with Iran, and Trump said, the regime is different now. They're pulling troops out of Syria. They're pulling troops out of Yemen before they wanted to take over the region. And it was basically regurgitating what the Iranian regime was saying that day. Um. And and I was on, actually on Israeli TV when they aired that, and, and my mouth just dropped. So uh, that type of confusion, I don't think it benefits us. Um, but the loud, boisterous talk like you're seeing, that's effective, but it's most effective when it's consistent. Um, last thing, because we're really short on time here, Ryan, but, um, what if, what if, you know, cause the president said if you do anything to anything American, which would indicate again an unmanned drone, but what if it's not American, but affects America, such as again, the oil tankers? You know, we say we have video that proves it is the Iranians that attacked those oil tankers, uh, there in the Gulf, and, uh, and that is obviously a huge, huge issue for all nations. Um, if they do something like that again, would that warrant the response that the president's talking about? And it may not rise to the level of quote-unquote obliteration, but some sort of military response? I, I think you're right on. That's exactly what the Iranian regime is going to do, because Trump did make a statement, it might have been in the form of a tweet, something mm-hmm. to the effect of, hey, these are other countries' tankers. And that's my impulse, too. I'm like, some of these countries just need to defend themselves. But Iran strikes these tankers as a way of waging economic war on us, because it really doesn't matter who owns the ship in the Strait of Hormuz or anywhere else at Iran target. It hits everybody because it raises the right. price of oil, raises the insurance rates for all shipping, which means raising the prices on everything for everybody. Uh, who owns the ship is the secondary concern. Very well said. That's my point when I said it might not be hitting something American, but it affects Americans, and that's the, the issue there. Ryan Morrow, uh, Director of Clarity Intelli- the Clarion Intelligence Network, the National Security Analyst for the Clarion Project. Ryan, thanks so much for your uh, analysis of this. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, thanks, Bob. You got it. 1023, we'll get out and come back in on AM 1420, The Answer.
Pop France Authority here on AM 1420. The answer. Ten twenty-seven. The Bob France Authority continuing. We have open phone lines the rest of the way today. So until eleven o'clock, I got thirty-two minutes for the phone lines to be yours. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. I want to thank the two people who stepped up yesterday. I told you yesterday I needed three people to step up with one hundred dollar donations to Alliance Defending Freedom. Two people did, leaving us at ten. We need ten more one hundred dollar donations to reach our goal by the end of the month. And today is the twenty-sixth. So time is running out. I need three a day to cover this and make sure. Why? What does your donation to Alliance Defending Freedom get you? It gets you freedom. You understand that? It literally gets you freedom. The ACLU and these other liberal organizations, many of them in the LGBTQ community organizations, they're funded by rich, socialist, left-wing supporters who are literally hell-bent on seeing our constitutional freedoms dismantled. Your donation to Alliance Defending Freedom is, is part of defending that freedom. It's a critical part of the defense budget, not the actual Pentagon defense, our defense, to stop these attacks on our freedom. Because Alliance Defending Freedom takes these cases all the way to the Supreme Court if necessary to ensure your constitutional freedoms and mine, to make sure they remain intact, to allow you to enjoy what we all enjoy, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for our families, and our ability to worship as we see fit, to not have our Christian or Judeo-Christian or any faith-based doctrines violated by someone else saying, those don't matter, you must do this even if it violates your faith. Literally, your $100 donation buys our freedom. I need 10 more donors in the next four days. I need 10 donors. Today, I need three. Tomorrow, we'll get three. Friday, we'll get three more, and hopefully four, and make that 10 by the end of the month. We need this done, please. If you have the means to donate $100, I need you to call 800-691-8969. If you have the means to donate two or $300, by good, my goodness sakes, for goodness sakes, please, uh, take advantage of this opportunity to help support freedom, 800-691-8969. Or you can also go to our uh, our uh, Freedom Fund webpage. Go to whkradio.com, click on the Alliance Defending Freedom banner at the top. It'll take you right to the Freedom Fund donation page. We need $100 from three people today. Yesterday, two people did it. That third person, maybe it was you, maybe you were teetering, maybe you were, I think I can do this and I'm going to click it. I think I'm going to dial and you didn't get around to it. If you were teetering on the edge yesterday, go over the edge today. Buy freedom. That's what we're, that's what our, our, our money buys us here. That's what our donations buy us. They buy us literally our freedom. 800-691-8969. Alliance Defending Freedom. We're back after the news. 3333. Thirty-five, rolling onward, 
Phone lines are open now. We have not taken calls all day because I've had a lot of audio for you and then a great interview. But uh, I will open up the phone lines to you now at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Either one of those numbers will get you here to the program. You can tweet to me. You can Facebook comment to You can parlor comment to me at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. Have you gotten on parlor yet, by the way? F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio Parlor is a fantastic new Twitter-esque app, but minus the liberal censorship, minus the liberal uh, slanted news and presentation and shadow banning and more. So it's, it's, it, it matters. I mean, seriously, all of those things make a big deal. That's why I've created a Parlor account, same name as the other accounts, France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. By the way, speaking of that... Speaking of the liberal censorship by way of social media, uh, the, the Twitter uh, losers, the Facebook losers, the Google losers, um, Google is being exposed. Google is being exposed, and they are fleeing. They are hiding or shielding or deactivating their own social media accounts once and now that they have been exposed. Um, by Project Veritas. James O'Keefe, which, of course, uh, Project Veritas, his organization has been responsible for the expose of many things, including Planned Parenthood and the selling of body parts, uh, baby body parts, and the joking about how much they can make off of those, enough to drive a, uh, a Mercedes or whatever the case might be. So James O'Keefe's latest expose uh, uh, is, and he found his way inside the Google um uh, uh, the Google liberal atmosphere, if you will, to find himself a whistleblower who has come forth and essentially, uh, again, you know, shined the light of, of, of truth on the, the very shadowy dealings that Google has as it comes to try, as it pertains to providing slanted information, uh, on their Google search results to specifically this company attempting to influence the outcome of the presidential election. There's so much, there's so much fertile ground here, by the way, and I, and I can only give you a little bit of it now based on the time that we have here. But Google documents linked to Project Veritas show so much chicanery and so much uh, duplicity as they proclaim to be just this independent uh, voice for, for, well, not even a voice, but an independent place where voices can be heard uh, and information is provided and people can do with it what they want, but they are beyond slanted. They have declared that they do not want and will not allow President Trump, essentially, to become elected again. That they are ready and prepared to help stop a Trump situation of 2016 from happening again in 2020. And, and not only is their bias against Donald Trump shown through the Project Veritas video, which, by the way, was so devastating to Google that A, YouTube pulled it so that you can't find it on YouTube, and B, Google will not allow it to show up in searches on Google. That's how devastating it was and is. You can still find it on other places, however, and I'll continue to share that on my platforms. But Google, this is more. Google uh, documents leaked to Project Veritas also show the company referring to popular conservative personalities such as Jordan Peterson and, yes, our own Dennis Prager, who is one of the most intelligent and knowledgeable and kind-hearted Jewish Americans that you will ever see in public or private life. Dennis Prager, referred to by Google as a Nazi. 
This is a man who teaches love and compassion and faith and biblical history on his radio show every day, in speeches and presentations he gives. Dennis Prager, a Jew who is is emblematic of everything that is great about the Jewish people. I mean, seriously, Dennis Prager is just about as 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 kind and as wonderful of a soul as you will ever know. And he wears his Judaism. He wears his faith and his and his ancestry on his sleeve. And he is just he's just the the best of people. Google refers to him as a Nazi. A Nazi! After the Holocaust, Dennis Prager is referred to as a Nazi? This is why Google should be honestly removed from every device that you own. The Google search engine, the Google Chrome browser, and I'm guilty. I've used it. I do use it, and I need to stop. It's a quality product, the Google browser is. It's very user-friendly, and it's very easy. But there are many others that we have to find. We cannot use this company's products. We need to spread that message far and wide. The people of Google, the leaders at Google, are evil. I want to say that again. I do not stutter. Evil. What they are trying to do to affect the free American elections, what they are trying to do to demonize decent, honest people, particularly Jews like Dennis Prager, to refer to them as Nazis who perpetrated the extermination of six million Jews, we cannot allow this. A recent report from investigative journalism group Project Veritas claims that leaked internal Google documents shows a Google employee and members of a Google transparency and ethics group calling conservative and libertarian commentators such as Dennis Prager, Ben Shapiro, another Jew in the media who wears his Judaism on his sleeve. He literally wears his Judaism everywhere he goes. He wears his yarmulke everywhere. He's been referred to as a Nazi. <laughs> the email was sent as part of an, the, an internal communication between Google Transparency and Ethics Group and suggests that content published by PragerU, that's Dennis's, one of Dennis's uh, many uh, media uh, properties and entities, Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro should be removed from the suggestion feature uh, on Google results. <clears throat> a Google employee named Liam Hopkins can be seen stating, if we understand that PragerU, Jordan Peterson, Ben Shapiro, et al. are Nazis using dog whistles, Nazis using dog whistles to other Nazis? These Jewish men who, who, who have been advocating for the Jewish people and the state of Israel? Supporting them against the anti-Semites at places like Google, which doesn't have a problem featuring Representative Sharia Tlaib, Representative Jihad Omar, known elected officials 
who use their public forums to express anti-Semitism, to support BDS, boycotting, divesting, and sanctioning Israel. They get featured on Google. Jews, like Dennis Prager and Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peele, these people are considered to be Nazis using dog whistles who should not be featured. This is unbelievable. The employee further suggests, following through with the suggestion of another employee named Meredith, quote, I don't think correctly identifying far-right content is beyond our capabilities. But if it is, why not go with Meredith's suggestion of disabling the suggestion feature? Following the publication of an undercover video of Google executive Jen Janai stating that the company was working to prevent another, quote, Trump situation, end quote, after the 2016 election, the executive stated in a Medium blog post, Google has repeatedly been clear that it works to be a trustworthy source of information without regard to political viewpoint. In fact, Google has no notion of political ideology in its rankings. Yet here we are, seeing Google employees discussing doing exactly that. Treating its feature function and its suggestion function based on political ideology. Janai also claims the Project Veritas video is selectively edited. This is what they always do. And pushes a series of debunked conspiracy theories about censorship. What Janai does not address is her direct comments about Google's view of Congress, the company's refusal to appear before Congress, and her statements claiming that Google will not change its business practices regardless of what Congress says. Now, that video and that report by Project Veritas, again, they're trying to scrub it. They're, they've already removed it from YouTube. They, Google will not, um, uh, will not uh, allow it to be found on, on their search engine. And my response to their claim that they are just a non-biased, a non-political information source. I, I, can, I can debunk that ridiculous claim by virtually any Google search that I do. And I have used it and do continue to use it, which again is to my great shame. I should not. We should not. But I can do that because every time I look for something about a current topic of the day, I could type in Iran, obliteration, or Iran, Trump, or something like that. And every single result that I get on my first page will be a left-wing report on it. It'll be CNN. It'll be MSNBC. It'll be The Guardian. It'll be The New York Times. It'll be The Washington Post. It'll be ABC News. It'll be The Sun UK. It'll be CNBC. It'll be Salon. It'll be HuffPo. It'll be Slate. Every single time. If I want a conservative view of the same story or a news report from Breitbart or from or Breitbart or from Fox or from you know uh, any any uh, townhall.com anything like that I've got to hunt for it and I have to type in those uh uh terms in the search bar If you don't tell it to give me a conservative view of something it will automatically by default present you with a liberal view of it and yet they claim they want us to believe and they want us to swallow their claims that they are nonpartisan information providers. It's just painful. That's why Ted Cruz, who did get one of the uh, uh, one of the uh, uh, Google uh, Googleites uh, before him in uh, his Senate committee, you know, I don't want to say lost patience, but really, really spent seven minutes grilling. What is her name? I want to try to find the name of this um, uh, of this Googleite. 
uh, that he spoke with, and I cannot seem to find her name. My apologies for that. It doesn't matter because she's a nameless, faceless executive at Google who is being questioned by conservatives in Congress, and in this case, in the Senate, and has absolutely no answer to the obvious bias that is presented in their search results and in their featured content, which is what Ted Cruz was getting at. Do you agree with the sentiment expressed in this document? No, sir, I do not. Let me read you another. Also in this report, it indicates that Google, according to this whistleblower, deliberately makes recommendations if someone is searching for conservative commentators deliberately shifts the recommendation so instead of recommending other conservative commentators it recommends organizations like cnn or msnbc or left-leaning political outlets is that occurring thank you sir i can't comment on search algorithms or recommendations given my purview as the digital well-being lead i can take that back to my team though you don't need to take it back to your team. I'll prove it with any search I do. I've been saying this for years. You've, if you listen to the show with any regularity, you've heard me say this, that when you search on Google for something, you will get liberal results every single time until you search specifically for a site or a commentator. Uh, you, you're never going to get Dennis Prager on, on a topic. You're never going to get... Mark Levin on a topic, you're not going to get Hugh Hewitt, you're certainly not going to get local hosts like Bob France, but what you will get is Don Lemon, you will get George Stephanopoulos, you will get uh, Chuck Todd, you will get the left view of everything, and Ted Cruz is calling them out for it. So is it part of digital well-being being for search recommendations to reflect the, where the user wants to go rather than deliberately shifting where they want to go? Thank you, sir. As a user experience professional, we focus on delivering on user goals. So we try to get out of the way and get them on the task at hand. So a final question. One of these documents that was leaked explains what Google is doing, and it, it has a series of, of steps. Uh, training data are collected and classified. Algorithms are programmed. Media are filtered, ranked, aggregated, and guaranteed. And that ends to with people, parentheses, like us, are programmed. Does Google view its job as programming people with search results? Thank you, Senator. I can't speak for the whole entire company, but I can tell you that we make sure that we put our users first in our design. Dodge, dodge, dodge. Every single piece of information that was turned up in these documents by Project Veritas and the videos by Project Veritas, all of them just dodged by Google. And why? Because it was in their own statements. They will not listen to Congress. If they do appear before Congress, they will come back and they will do nothing differently. They don't have to. And that is something that we cannot allow. All right, let me get a quick time out here. We'll come right back on AM 1420, The Answer, and wrap it up. Bob France, here on AM 1420, The Answer.
All right, 10.54, final segment of the broadcast. Let's get TJ in Cleveland up and on the air. TJ, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, you know, Bob, uh, real quick there, you know, it appears this deep state is a lot deeper than we ever expected. I think we should start calling it the liberal state. But the reason I called, you know, next time you have Jordan on, I would like you to ask a question that I think a lot of people want to know an answer. If we go to national health care like Sanders and these Democrats want, you know, Medicare, Medicare for, all, for all, right? what does that do to the VA? Do they disband it? You know, VA medical. That's a great question. Uh, I doubt he would know that. Uh, Jordan wouldn't know an answer to that question because right. he's not pushing Medicare for all. This would be something that would be in the uh, in the camp of the idiots who think this is a good idea for everyone. So uh, uh, I don't know the answer to that question, my friend, but I can certainly ask. Um, and if we ever have an opportunity to talk to somebody like Tim Ryan, who's one of the Democratic candidates for president from Ohio, uh, and maybe ask him his thoughts on that, that would be good. But that's a really good question. Because you well, know the VA, the VA, which we have all we have all watched very closely, TJ, and and monitored through the um, last several years and all of the scandals and people dying while waiting for services and veterans uh, not being able to get uh, taken care of the way they should. If that's an example of government-run health care for all, honestly, then it's something that we should run from and run screaming as fast as we can. Oh, absolutely. And I will say one thing: you know, uh, Trump did more for VA care than all the presidents in history put together. You know, with MX, he passed. Uh, with the choice, you know, a veteran has a choice now, and you can actually fire a government employee if they're not doing their job. This was never done before. You know, Trump did more to straighten out the VA than, than like I said, anybody I ever seen in my life. Yep, and I, now I the agree. Democrats just want to. Yeah, they would have well, to do away with it if they. They want to tear it apart if they're going to do me out. If they're going to do Medicare for all. That's exactly right. They would, TJ. I appreciate that, my friend. I'm going to let you go now because I got to remind everybody one more time. Before we uh, get off the air today and turn it over to Mike Callagher, to call this phone number and help support freedom, uh, your freedom, not just mine, not just other people's, not just Masterpiece Cake Shop or anybody, all of our freedom, because this is what we're buying with our $100 donation to Alliance Defending Freedom. Call 800-691-8969. Buy your freedom. All right? My friends, I cannot say this strongly enough. I need at least three people today. We had two yesterday. I need three today. We are doing very well, but we are down to the bottom, uh, to the uh, nitty-gritty here. However you want to phrase it, we have four days left. We need 10 more $100 donors to reach goal for uh, the Alliance Defending Freedom campaign. You've got to do this today. 800-691-8969. 800-691-8969. What is your donation buying you? It's buying you freedom. The ACLU, I brought this up before, uh, the uh, LGBTQXYZ uh, hashtag exclamation point question mark, they are all funded by rich socialist left-wing supporters, and they are trying to destroy our constitutional freedoms. It's just that simple. And your donation to Alliance Defending Freedom helps to restore our constitutional freedoms. It's just that simple. So please call 800-691-8969. If you can donate $100, please do so. If you can donate $200, please do so. Help us get to that number that we need to reach by the end of June to help Alliance Defending Freedom so that they know they have the resources needed to take all of our cases to the Supreme Court, if necessary, to make sure that our constitutional freedoms are protected. If you're online right now, please think about it. 
at least go to the webpage. Uh, tap it out in your browser. Just go to whkradio.com. Click on the banner you see at the top of the page. It'll say Alliance Defending Freedom, or it'll say Freedom Fund, depending on where it is. And, uh, and you'll see it right at the top. Go to the Freedom Fund donation page. Click the button to donate $100 or $200 or $300 and make sure that we are all secure and that we are all our constitutional protections are, are guaranteed. 800 Six nine one eight nine six nine or whkradio.com. Please help today. I need three people to answer this call today. We need three to do it tomorrow, and we need three to do it on Friday to reach our goal. I know we can do this together. I really trust you, and I really believe in you. Please help us out. All right, that is all the time that we do have. Thanks so much for being a part of the show today. Thanks to Ryan Morrow. Make sure you follow him online because he's got more up-to-date information on the Middle East, places like Iran and what's going on there, than anybody else that I know. So make sure you check that out. And uh, stay where you are because coming up next, Mike Gallagher takes you into Prager, take you into Dr. G, take you into Jay Seculo, and Larry Elder stay here all day and all night for the best in news analysis and uh, commentary from the conservative point of view, free of buffoonery you'll find in other places in this market. Thanks so much for being a part of the show today. Enjoy your day. We'll see you tomorrow for the next edition of the Bob France Authority. Be well, be safe. Bye-bye. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.